Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. What do rock and roll and investing have in common? Today, we have Hall of Fame musician and a CEO talking about how can companies showcase content from videos to pitch decks that interest investors? What do entrepreneurs and small business need to know to pique the interest of potential investors? How can businesses raise money and remain compliant with security offerings? Well, you don't want to get in trouble and you want to be listening to this because they give you the inside information on how to do it and they build a system for it. To answer those questions, we have Brian Smith, co-founder and CEO, The Main Stage, and Jerry Harrison, co-founder of The Main Stage, and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer and Talking Heads keyboardist and guitarist, Brian, Jerry, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Great to be here. Good to have you guys. Thanks so much for being here. We got you out in California, hanging out out there, but uh, right here connecting with me in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, so thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. First question is, how does rock and roll um, Hall of Famer get involved in a business such as Main Stage? That's the first question I have, because we don't think of you typically as business people. We're going to always think of you as artists. Well, I was the road manager for Talking Heads, so I was sort of the did some business for the beginning. Talking Heads were uh, remarkably well, let's just say cheap in how we went on tour. We always wanted to make money. We never wanted to owe the record company money. And to tell you the truth, that's the, the first advice I always give to startups. Try to spend it. Don't get further in debt because you will end up paying a big price for it later on. And uh, when I moved to San Francisco in the mid-90s, I be. I had been involved with all of the music start, uh, music and computer companies as sort of joining together everything from emu and sequential circuits to digital design and i began to understand all the things about about venture capital about having options and things like that and i joined the board of directors of a of a friend of mine's company that was a microprocessor design company and learned a tremendous amount about him and then i've gone on to found or be on board of directors of a number of companies and and this one brian moved to town. We met through Chad Taylor, the guitar player at Alive, who I had produced and who had, uh, Brian had done some work with. And we hit it off and Brian uh, told me about this idea and uh, and we just started moving forward from that point on. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking about all the artists now. I now know. I was thinking, well, geez, what do musicians, you know, have to do with, uh, you know, in terms of a big business or business? But when you do think about it, yeah, you're managing a brand. You're managing the brand of yourself. You're managing the brand of the band. You know, but I've got Mark Schulman, Kenny Arnoff, uh, both drummers. I, I'm just thinking of Scotty Page, who's a saxophonist for the uh, for Pink Floyd. He's been a good friend of mine. I've been on his board of a couple of his tech companies. And then, of course, Nile Rogers, uh, infamous as well. So what was the first thing, Brian, when you guys got together, you said you were going to do together? Well, <clears throat> you know, when Chad introduced me to Jerry, what he said was, you know, you know, Jerry is a producer, a member of Talking Heads, but you do know he's a Harvard grad and he's also an entrepreneur and he's been involved in other businesses. So right away, 
for me, coming from the world of Morgan Stanley, where I previously was before moving out west, I started picking Jerry's brain about some things. And one of the companies he was involved in in the late 90s that was of real interest to me was a company called GarageBand. And GarageBand was all about crowdsourcing feedback for early music. And by getting that feedback, what we now refer to as the wisdom of the crowd, um, they were able to decide what music to produce. And then when you produce it, how are you going to market it? So as we were thinking about supporting companies that need to tell their stories to investors, this all started. And one of the first companies Jerry and I started is a equity crowdfunding platform. So there's a lot of relevance to that business to what Jerry had done in the past. And so very quickly, I knew I wanted Jerry as an advisor, but didn't know what else Jerry had going on in his life, considering he was out touring and managing bands. And he had some bandwidth to start this business with me. And it has led to this main stage, which um, I ultimately think that both Jerry and I are super excited about it because of what we've learned from all of our past experiences. Tell me about the business model. How does it work? Well, go ahead, Jerry. <clears throat> no, uh, well, I, the, the, uh, the business model is we provide a single site, which is uh, there's a handshake uh, between the company and you. Uh, I, I'm not going to, it's not exactly password protected. We have, we found out like an easier way of doing this, but so that it, it is still like an invitation only. Uh, uh, connection between the company and a potential investor. We had in, in uh, our the company, other company we have, we've been focusing on 506C offerings, which allow advertising. And we realized that the some of the presentation ideas we had there could be applied across the board. And so we've we've brought together something that brings together. Uh, the information that a company might have on a website, it has in a data vault, it's, it showed a pitch deck that it would show you if you were having a meeting with them or it sent it to you all in one place. And, and, and this, uh, this uh, a deal room, as we call it, is active. So it could be updated. The, you can, you can, have a new interview with the CEO or, you know, some new person just joined the company, you can put it there. And you, so we tried to create a sort of dynamic relationship with potential investors. And then we tried to make it something that is also appealing for maintaining a relationship with your investors as it, as it goes on. And to a degree, I think of this as almost as, as a utility in some way that it makes your, it makes raising money, it's a utility for you doing a raise easier because you're not hiring a web designer, you're not doing all of this. You have a single location where you can present all of your information and get feedback from them. What's the kind of money that's typically raised through this or passing through this right now? Is it angel, mostly angel investors that are coming or is it series A, B, C? So the great thing about this, Jeff, is we learned that whether you're a mom and pop business that's looking to raise 50 to 100,000, all the way to a pharmaceutical company looking for 30 plus million from a VC, your story needs to be told in a very efficient, compliant way. And so these deal rooms, these virtual deal rooms were basically made to not only be transparent, 
But to tell a story in a way that no other digital platform can do it today. So what we say is it doesn't matter who your target audience is. We're going to tailor these deal rooms, these what we call virtual living deal rooms, to manage your story, to tighten your story. And it's done through video content. It's done through really great uh, webinars, podcasts. And so we beta tested this with family offices and VCs that write the big checks. And overwhelmingly, they've all said, we would look at this all day long versus a pitch deck. The average time an investor spends, and Jeff, you definitely would understand this, the average time an investor spends looking at a pitch deck is actually less than two minutes. These virtual deal rooms have already been tested to be looked at not only closer to 12 minutes, but revisited. And we can track that through how many times they log in and look at all the content because the content is being refreshed in some cases daily. Let me go, let's take a quick break. I want to come back and see how people are selling it because that's what you got to do. You got to sell it. You got to sell it in some way. So let's take a quick break and come right back. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we're back. This is Jeffrey Hazlett. You're watching us in a live cast here on Facebook and LinkedIn as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. Don't forget to check out other podcasts on the network. We have over 250 and we're climbing, adding a new podcast every other day, soon to be at, I don't know, three or 400. That's our goal. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. I'm talking with Brian Smith, the co-founder and CEO, the main stage, and Jerry Harrison, co-founder of the main stage as well. And he's also a rock and roll hall of famer and talking heads, keyboardist and guitarist. And as we found out, he used to be the road manager, the business manager. So he's the the guy with the money and a Harvard business graduate. Holy crap. I didn't have that in the background. That's, that's amazing to watch that. You know, Right before this break, uh, Brian, you were talking about the fact that the average attention span of a, on a deck is about two, two and a half minutes. And that's, I found that to be true. I've given, you know, I've invested in a lot of businesses. I look through them. We'll go right to the bottom line. What are they doing? What's their pedigree? And then how much are they asking for? And it's pretty quick. I would imagine that you're helping them tell a bigger and broader story and that's got to pay off. Are you giving them resources? Are you helping them with the videos? What are you doing there? Yeah, 100%, Jeff. And so this is why I think Jerry and I are so excited is the prior four years that we've spent with our equity crowdfunding company, Red Crow. It has taught us how important it is to tell that story and what investors want to see, how they want to see it, and what actually works, whether the investor even knows this is something that gets my attention or not. So we're coming at this from a place of experience, building a whole nother separate company in healthcare and realizing we think we cracked a code that can help investors better understand the investor um, pitch. And this is pre-COVID. This is before in-person meetings stopped, before conferences stopped. So it's been overwhelming how quickly we've been able to add uh, companies to the main stage because there's no other vehicle right now to get your story out there. Yeah. I mean, you used to go to a lot of luncheons. There might be a family office luncheon, something like that. I'd pitch or I'd find meetings to be able to go to. This is a better way to do, kind of aggregate the demand. How are you scaling? How, how are you guys scaling? Go ahead, Jerry. I was just going to say, you could even imagine people would come to see your offices. If you had a factory, they'd take a tour of your factory. Yeah. Uh, now on the main stage, we could give a virtual tour of the factory because you are afraid to go there. Um, the, 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 the world of, of, of uh, COVID-19 has accelerated what everyone has been saying is coming of things moving more online and trying to find the most uh, effective ways to duplicate 
what we can do live. And there are certain things you just can't do. But I think that you certainly, with the proper tools that I think that we're giving people, you can make a really great introduction to a company. Someone investing a bunch of money in a company is going to want to talk to the CEO, the CFO, the various people in maybe the scientists and like check out the uh, information. But we, you know, we have been seeing what people are asking for at Red Crow. And we, so we think that we found a very tailored and uh, efficient way to introduce companies to investors, as well as to provide a really effective way for those companies to keep their, their company uh, up to date with their investors. And when they do a new round, see the ones that are the most interested so that they can like put the, the new deal terms right in front of them immediately without sort of like looking back through their emails and reconnecting later. Yeah, I'm thinking through a couple of things. You know, uh, years ago, I was business partners with Sheldon Adelson, owns a Venetian, and he used to own Comdex. And I once asked him, what makes a great trade show? Of course, he sold it for $900 million. And he said, you know, attendees beget exhibitors and exhibitors beget attendees. And I've always remembered that. So for you, you need great companies pitching, and then you need great investors, right? And yes. people with money. How, how are you doing both of those? How are you getting both of those and matching them? Well, Jeff, certainly that is the model for our, our equity crowdfunding platform, Red Crow, is it's online, it's public. So Red Crow is at the nexus of deal flow and investors. And we do a lot of advertising, a lot of promoting. We were doing a lot of conferences to drive those potential investors to Red Crow. In this main stage world, because it's password protected, this is for the company to use within their network. Your own private. But what we're really trying to drive is there's 30.5 million new businesses started every year in the U.S. Well, I'm sorry, 287,000 new businesses started every year in the U.S. There's 30.5 new businesses, small businesses in the U.S. Majority of them are always looking for some sort of funding. So it's our job to provide this tool to all of them. So they can use it, as Jerry said, a bit of a utility to go out and market to the investors in which they have targeted. So for us, it's helping them stay compliant in that password-protected environment, but giving them tools on how to market this new main stage because it's a yeah. new world to them. Yeah, this it's is like more of a marketing play as well as a security play to be able to make sure they got the right assets in the right places, they're protected, and then only the people that need to be seeing them need to be seeing them. And, I, and, and to go to that point further, we have what we call tiered access. So there's one access, we'll say the initial access is you've been coming, you've been invited to come and look at the deal. And you get to see all of the presentation of what the company is, who are the people at the company, um, maybe talking even about the competition, about talking about what the deal is. But there might be something where you need to, to sign an NDA, which I'll call tier two, because it's going to show you information about the product, about, about, you know, the patent application, the things that you do not want in general circulation and you want to have some sort of recourse if someone were to be trying to steal that from you. And then I say steer, tier three is when someone is actually has become an investor in your company. And at that point, then you have communications about the progress of the company and reports about, uh, and the kind of reporting that, uh, a company that is trying to be attentive to its investors provides. And one other thing is, is that many, many companies, 
when they're doing a raise, particularly a small company, are either ignore or are not quite as aware of how dangerous it can be if deal terms change during the length of the investment. Um, and they have not re-informed every single person they ever sent their pitch deck to or anything like that. And because FINRA can come in and unwind the entire deal, if someone said, I would have invested in that company had I known the new terms. And because we're, if we, because we've done a centralized location where you do these communications to your investors, the, the site itself will say, there's been an update, you should check it out. And this, and this transfers a great deal of the onus to the investor to be a, to get the, you know, to check it out himself. And if they didn't do it, it's like, well, we told you we did it. And, you know, the, the, we have, made, we have really fairly priced this. It's $500 to set it up and $200 a month. And you can imagine that if you had to ha- hire a lawyer to handle even just a complaint, it would cost you two or three years of using the main stage. So, I mean, we think this is, as I said, we think of this as this well-positioned product that, you know, it's because it's it's more than a utility, but it acts like a utility. It's like your tool to, to communicate with your potential investors, your current investors, and to keep people informed. And I can imagine it'd be used for the board communications too, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of just having a, I, I assume you could maybe sit on another room for the board or possibly uh, be able to have that third tier, which would be good. Yeah, yes, exactly. That would be their own tier. Exactly. What are you guys seeing about investments and in, what are your customers and clients telling you about that are utilizing about what they're seeing in the investment world right now? Are they seeing an a uptick or a downtick? You know, Jeff, it's interesting. I think I had the luxury of having some foresight um, as I saw this volatility coming to the public markets from my days at Morgan Stanley, where I was a financial advisor in the last you know, great pullback. And it was also around the same time I left in 2010 to get involved with a private um, healthcare company. And I remember at that time, so many of my investors were looking for alternative investments because of the volatility and not necessarily seeing an end in sight. There is what they say, you know, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint in the public market. So certainly stay the course with your mutual funds, ETFs. But where do you find alpha in your portfolio? And so these private companies, as long as the companies are growing, entrepreneurs are staying the course, the public volatility doesn't necessarily affect the value of a lot of these private companies. So I have talked to a lot of investors that have been setting or um, entrepreneurs that have been setting up the main stage. And they're getting a lot of traction, a lot of people that are now paying attention because everybody can be very content in the public markets when you're getting good returns. Soon as that starts to pull back, you're like, okay, now what am I doing? What's the next big thing? And they're all looking for that. And maybe one of the main stage companies is the next big thing. Who who knows? But um, I think it's an exciting time. Yeah, everyone's always looking for what are you doing for me lately? Speaking of that, let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. Hey, this is Jeffrey Hazlett, and we are back live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett, talking with Brian Smith, the co-founder and CEO of The Mainstage, and Jerry Harrison, 
is co other co-founder of the main stage. And we're talking all about different ways in which you can, you know, put your business forward as you're looking for investors. Hey, tell me about your partner program. Yeah. So the partner program is what we call the supporting acts. Oh, that's cool. The supporting acts are all these different organizations that can support an entrepreneur or an early stage company. So anywhere from um, attorneys that focus on IP, uh, an attorney that can set up your subscription agreement. Um, so we have video companies when you need a video. That's one thing, Jeff. And, and again, this is your world. Video is king. Uh, and yeah. so like if you have a company that's a newer company, they're raising money and you do this podcast with them. Well, we want them to take the recording of this and put it in their main stage room because it's more content. That's what creates the stickiness and glue. So we welcome you to be a supporting act on the, uh, on the main stage, because I think any uh, outside organization that can help promote a company can help advance a company. They're, they're uh, fantastic partners to not only um, the main stage, but to all the companies coming through. Yeah, we should think about putting a, a main stage uh, podcast together and then having it on C-Suite and you can That'd be brilliant. Just in, inter in, introduce and interview all the key members you've got. Hey, is it, uh, we only got a couple minutes left, but I, this is really intriguing to me. You're a business that's actually benefited from COVID. I know we don't like to say that to some extent, but in crisis, there's always opportunities. But without question, I think you guys have become more valuable because of this, right? I think so. I think so, because I think that people are, gonna, are going, how am I going to get this in front of people? How am I going to convince people of the value of this and these and these the sort of drier uh, things of like, well, here's my pitch deck and here's my an article that was written or here's a white paper and things like that. You know, if you have someone who's already pre interested, they'll go through it and do that. But it's it's the ones that are sort of scanning the horizon and you need to pull them in a little bit. It's like the first 20 minutes of a song, you 20 seconds of a song, you better, you better catch their attention soon because they won't make it, you know, yeah. especially in the world of like shifting stations and, you know, playlists and like, no, I don't want to listen to that. No, I don't want to listen You need the hook. You got to have the hook. Yep, exactly. Yeah. What What's the biggest, what do you see as the biggest mistakes that people make in in looking for investors and not having, or maybe it's not having the right materials. I mean, in terms of putting them their best foot forward to put themselves up on the main stage, what, what mistakes they make in not getting there? Well, I can tell you, it's kind of what we've learned from, from Red Crow and now over to the main stage. And that is quality content. It's, you know, no, again, if you are only expecting someone to look at a pitch deck for two minutes, it better be a good pitch deck because if it's not, it's less than two minutes. But the other thing, Jeff, that we found is really important is collaborate. Because the more you collaborate, the more important feedback you're going to get. Even if it's an investor who's been doing it for a long time, I could come to someone like you, Jeff, and say, Jeff, I know you're not going to invest, but I need you to give me some feedback because I'm going live with this, um, whether it's a public campaign on equity crowdfunding or I'm showcasing my company via this main stage. I want it tight. Can you take a good look at it? And really tapping into people that have been there. And you never know. Someone who you think might not invest, when they see a company presented in the way we do it with main stage, it almost is like it becomes more real. 
In fact, we had an investment banker recently tell us as they were looking over the main stage, he said what uh, LinkedIn was to the resume, the main stage is for the PDF and pitch deck. Mm -hmm. I thought that's pretty powerful. So that means it's going to be dynamic and you've got to be always on top of it, fresh, know your latest uh, with your competitors, know the market, talk to an investor with the money you raise. What are you doing? What do you have lined up? I think that's the biggest mistake. I'm going to raise a million dollars, but I can't tell you what I'm going to do with it. Yeah, that's always a big one. You know, I think the other thing I always see with companies making big mistakes is does your image, does the package reflect the value that you really have? And a lot of people fall short. I, this is the one place I wouldn't fall short. And what I like about what you guys have done, you put it all in one place. So I, I send everybody there. It's all secure. It's all there. I can give them what I want, when I want it, or how I want it. So well done. Well done. Can't look to look forward to getting back up on the main stage. I'm going to go check more out. Make sure you, everyone, you check out the mainstage.com. See what Brian and Jerry have been up to. It's well worth the time. Thanks, gentlemen, for being a part of all business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on Great season. pleasure. It's great. Hey, good luck. Good luck. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. I'll tell you what I learned. You know, are you as good as what you present yourself to be? What's your package? How do you put it all together? And then you've got to make it convenient for the people and at the same time, have a little security behind it. So that's what these guys have done. I mean, they showed you how to do the crowdfunding. They've been doing that for years, publicly traded company. But now they're out doing, hey, this is where you put it together and package it and get it all ready for a couple hundred bucks a month. Come on, give me a break. That's nothing. All there to be able to manage it for you. And it's on the main stage. And hey, they're cool guys. They're musicians. There you go. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. Don't forget, tell your friends. And uh, we appreciate you listening every single day. Cheers. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. .com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>